Today on the podcast, we welcome my friend Ross Brown. Ross is a Vine member, local business owner, and he has thought a lot about money and how it connects to Christian discipleship. And so we have a really engaging conversation about that. I think the best plug I could give for this podcast would be this. If I could go back in time and have my 20-year-old self listen to this podcast and put into practice everything that we talk about here, my life would be radically different at age 44. And so um, we really believe in what we're talking about here in terms of money and how it connects to our discipleship. And so I commend it to you and really hope that you enjoy this conversation with Ross. Has anybody ever told you you have an amazing radio voice? I voice and face for radio, Zach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. No, this is this is a fun uh, hobby of mine from time to time too. A few years ago, I, I had a podcast I did for I don't know a number of months, I guess, and it was fun and it was good. Uh, but man, I, I learning experience. Man, it takes a lot of time to put yes. a podcast together, right? Yeah. And it was just like, okay, that was fun. Maybe someday again, I'd like to do that someday. Uh, but we you know with three little kids running around at home, like first things have to come first and it just wasn't the right season, I guess would be a way to describe it. But as a result, I did end up with a bunch of equipment, got her off Craigslist for like half the price, you know, nice. it normally would be. And I've just kept it. So. Yeah. It's, uh, I've really enjoyed the, the Vine podcast doing it and, um, it, it does demand, uh, preparation, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly improvisational, and I yeah. don't mind that. And I like to a free flow, flowing conversation that just is organic in nature. But it's still, you know, you want to f- have the right people and ask the right questions and try yeah, to draw right. out things that are engaging. And so um, that's why you're here, buddy. Yeah. Well. Well. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. I'm I'm honored to to be asked, and and I and I've uh, enjoyed the podcast. I'm you know I'm not listening to every episode, of course, but uh, but man, I've I've listened to a lot of them, uh, and cool. I think you guys are doing a great job. So I really appreciate uh, the extra content uh, coming out of the vine, in addition to the sermons, of course. But uh, uh, you know, it it would always be nice, but then particularly in this year of of just distance and not seeing each other and not having so many conversations. It's been really nice to hear your voice and other perspectives as well. Uh, it's been really, really uh, valuable. So thank you for bringing this all together. Yeah, man. Well, uh, one of the first things I learned about you when I got to know you is uh, you have a passion for helping people think about money mm-hmm. and money to the glory of God. Why don't you just tell us uh, how that came about in your life? Where does that come from? What Do you have a story that's connected to how that became something that you and and your wife are passionate about? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, I guess, you know, like everybody, uh, uh, you know, we've got a story with, with our uh, uh, finances and our background and, and everyone, well, not everyone, but we certainly have uh, uh, that sort of aha moment in our history as well. Uh, story goes, it was probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, uh, I was out cleaning my garage and, and, uh, just turned on the radio for, for sake of having something to listen to. And a guy by the name of Dave Ramsey comes on the radio and starts talking about money. Uh, and I've got a background in economics and business uh, management. And so I'm just kind of naturally inclined to, to think about the topics as well. And I start listening to this Dave Ramsey guy and he's talking about this, this is like radical concept of living on less than you make 
uh, and, and the results that, that would come from that. And, uh, uh, it, it was so simple, uh, and, and especially from a guy that, you know, studied what I would consider like complex ideas of leverage and debt and interest and right. you know, all this kind of stuff. It was just like, man, this is so simple, but, but like, why wouldn't this work? Uh, and so I talked to Katie about it, my wife, Katie, uh, and, uh, so just a little bit before Christmas and she ended up buying me Dave Ramsey's book, the total money makeover, uh, for Christmas that year. Not, not uh, a paid it, promotion, not a paid promotion. No, no, right. Exactly. No, not a paid promotion. That's right. That's right. Uh, I've got one but, on my shelf uh, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Me too. Me too. Uh, a few of them in fact, but, um, uh, but yeah, with that, that year we have ended up, uh, spending Christmas with my in-laws in Florida and, uh, uh, it was like sitting poolside, uh, reading the total money makeover and Katie and I both looked at each other uh, as we're on vacation and we're like, I don't think we should be on vacation right now. Like it's, it seems that we should be home, not spending money based on, on this uh, information that we're learning about in this book. Uh, and, and in our lives, it really, um, it started certainly with our personal finances, right. In terms of our initial interest in the concepts, uh, and just simple ideas like how are we going to buy furniture someday? I mean, just like super earthy, basic kind of stuff that doesn't have some like real deep meaning to it. Uh, but as we started to work, uh, you know, the Dave Ramsey plan, so to speak, um, it really just made such a, such an impact in our lives. And then as we started to really live that more in our lives, we really, um, you know, saw, saw the sort of the greater impact of that as well. Uh, as it relates to concepts of stewardship and uh, just what it means to be a good good manager of God's resources, yeah, uh, and uh, and and then just what a stressor money can so often be in people's lives, um, and uh, it's just something that that we've had such a wonderful experience with our, ourselves in our own household, and we're just really honored to just have the opportunity to pay that forward and and walk with people uh, yeah. through through their journeys as well. So for those that aren't up to speed on the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, just briefly, you know, you don't need to go into everything, but just give the uh, 30,000 foot view yeah. of uh, what that means. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, the, the, the long and short is living on less than you make. Uh, there's seven baby steps and I can fire them off. Uh, baby step one is saving a thousand dollars. It's your mini emergency fund. Just put it aside. Never touch it. It's, it doesn't even exist. It is an emergency fund. It's just a little bit of buffer between you and life. And these all come in order. Okay. Baby step two is pay off your consumer debt, pay off all the debt that you have, except for your house. If you have a house, okay. Get rid of all your car debt, get rid of all your student loans, get rid of all your credit card debt, Uh, pay off all of your consumer debt in that way. Baby step three is beefing up that starter emergency fund to three to six months of expenses. Uh, and again, just having cash in the bank set aside, don't use it. It's not for that emergency bass boat. It is for the emergency <laughs> that, you know, that, that, that health crisis, whatever it is, uh, things that you can't anticipate. You just set that aside and, and forget about it. Emergencies right. always find us, right? Yeah, right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, baby steps four, five, and six uh, uh, come all the same time. Uh, baby step four is saving 15% of your income for retirement. Baby step five is saving for your kid's college, if that's a, a relevant aspect of your life. And then baby step six is uh, paying your house off early. And so any extra money that you've got, um, you just keep chunking away at the house. Again, if that's uh, if, if you are a homeowner uh, and get your mortgage paid off early. And then that brings you, Zach, to baby step seven, which is sort of the punchline where you've, you've got no consumer debt. You've got three to six months of money set aside in the bank. 
you're, you are contributing to your retirement accounts. You are saving for your kid's college if that's relevant. You don't even have a house payment. What else is there left to do? Okay, there's three things that we can do with money. We can spend money, we can save money, and we can give money. Right. And uh, man, when we arrive at Baby Step 7, uh, it really gets to be a lot of fun uh, to really consider all of those things and to, to do all those things. Uh, yeah, that's great. I can, yeah. I can testify to this because my wife and I have been following this plan um, for about 15 years now. Yeah. And uh, my sister got me onto it because uh, she went, sadly, she went through a divorce and got remarried. And when she got remarried, uh, she inherited a lot of debt. She brought a lot of debt and she inherited a lot of debt um, with her new husband. They had six figure debt. And she heard about this Dave Ramsey guy, whatever. And they started working the steps and they got really, really motivated. Um, and they paid off, I think it was around 110 grand in like five years. Wow. And, yeah. and, you know, they had a decent income, but, you know, they're writing uh, a check to, to reduce their debt like $3,000 a month, you know. Um, and so they really turned us on. We at the time when, when she talked to me about it, this is this is like 2004 or five. And um, we had about 50 grand in debt, uh, a vehicle and then grad school. And uh, we were able to pay that off, I think, in about five years as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And man, I tell you what, the I've lived with a lot of debt and I've lived now with no debt but the house. And I'm taking the second choice every day. Now, yeah. um, I could talk about that and so could you for a long time. But what do you say to the people that are like, man, I'm in so deep like the the stuff that you just rattled off like i don't even i can hardly bear it because it sounds impossible yeah and um you know i'm i'm in so deep like like it just seems overwhelming um what do you say to folks like that that's that's uh, again this is not like some paid uh, uh, excuse me paid sponsorship right uh, but that is really why i love uh, this program well, one of the reasons why i really love this program is because and there's it other programs you, like it, right? Oh, absolutely, right, yeah. for sure, for sure. I mean, this is you know, but, but I would say you know, this is this is certainly a, a proven track record, and, yep. and the reason why it works, Zach, is because there's no there's no tricks here. There's no get rich quick. Uh, this is this is very intentional, and it is very basic. Uh, and but the the thing why it works is because it is behavior based, and it is it gives you a sense of traction. Okay. We're not doing everything at once. I think that's, that's one reason why people uh, may feel overwhelmed at times because they think, oh, I need to do all this at once. Oh my gosh, I, I need to save for my retirement. I need to save for my kid's college. I need to pay off my house early. I need to pay my credit card debt. I, I have a car payment. I, right. And, 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 and you don't know where to start. And of course you get overwhelmed. Okay. This is why the baby steps are laid out in the order that they are. Okay. Uh, it is to say, look, we are going to focus on one thing at a time. You have one job right now. If you're in baby step one, Yes, make minimum payments on all of your debt. And we know we're going to come around to that eventually, right? Quit saving for retirement. Quit saving for your kid's college fund. Get $1,000 very quickly and set it aside. 
and 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 it's described that that is the easiest baby step and it's also the hardest right mm-hmm. because it's easiest in the sense of it's it's only a thousand bucks now a thousand bucks is a lot of money but as you were saying i mean a lot of people have debt that might be a hundred times that so it's right. it's a relatively small amount but it's also the hardest because you actually have to do it okay you're going to make that decision to do it but that's the beauty of it when you do it suddenly you got a wind under your belt and you go whoa i just saved a thousand bucks right and then we get into baby step two and there's this thing called the debt snowball, okay? And, and again, 30,000 foot overview. Basically, you're going to list out your debts smallest to largest, regardless of interest rate. Why is that? Why is that? Explain that, Ross. Yes, because, because it is, this is not about math. This is about behavior and a sense of traction. It's the exact same thing as if you're trying to lose weight, right? If, if, right. if you're sacrificing every day by not eating those cookies and you keep stepping on that scale and you're not losing any weight, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to be right. like, well, why am I doing this? I'm right. just going to keep eating the cookies because right. this isn't working. Right. When we list out the debts smallest to largest, regardless of interest rate, suddenly we got that little $500, you know, credit card bill, whatever it is. And it's just, it, it's an ankle biter mm-hmm. and we attack it. Mm-hmm. We, we pay minimum payments and everything except for the smallest debt. We attack it with a vengeance and we get it out of our life and we go, Oh, that's, that's just gone. Well, what's what's the next one? Oh, I've got a you know a, a two thousand dollar medical bill. Oh, okay, well, it's attack- and suddenly it's gone, and you right. go, oh, you, you you get that sense of traction, that sense of hope, that sense of I can really do this, and that is why this program works. I mean, it it is about math in some ways, but it's as Dave would describe it, uh, it's eighty percent behavior based. It's only twenty percent head knowledge. Yeah, if it was about this, is what I would say It's like if it were about math, no one would ever spend money on a credit card and you know, maybe the caveat is and not paid off every month. Um, cause the math doesn't work when right. you're paying whatever 20% interest, like that's really bad math. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. But there's more to yeah. it than math. We are not ruled by logic as human beings. We have a sin nature that wants what it wants. Amen. And right. tragically, um, instant gratification is part of what it means to live by the flesh, Amen. biblically speaking. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, and that's evident in a billion dollar industry that preys upon the human nature of of people. Yeah, we want stuff. Cards. We want it now. You know, yeah. and, and that's the other part of this. I mean, the 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 baby steps that we you know that we've been talking about thus far uh, is really you know sort of the cornerstone of the program. Uh, but uh, uh, Katie and I again, my wife Katie, who's awesome by the way. Like she is, she walks with folks. I want to give a shout out to Katie Brown. Uh, my wife, uh, I think she just, I really admire her uh, walking with people uh, throughout life, certainly the Vine and, and beyond as well. Shout out to Katie Brown. Bravo, yes, Katie. Yes, you're, yes, you're yes. Doing awesome work. She is. Um, uh, but but the, the, the course itself is called Financial Peace University. And uh, Katie and I have taught that a number of times over the years. Uh, and once and- at the Vine. Yeah, exactly. Once of the vine, and and we'll certainly be doing that again uh, yeah. in the future here. But um, uh, the the course itself is a, it's almost like a like a like a paradigm, right? I mean, certainly these baby steps are instrumental in uh, the, the 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 concept of financial peace, but it is it goes beyond finances, right? We're talking about contentment and stewardship and um, uh, just, just what it means to be a good steward, and and to address things that you were just talking about, Zach. This idea of, of, of you know, there's companies out there that that know that we want stuff and we want it now. So like, how are they going to market to us? And it's not yeah. conspiratorial or anything like that. It's just look, let's be aware of this, 
and and let's let's uh, you know set our eyes upon the horizon a bit more here, uh, and uh, and be more intentional with our uh, with our lives and, and be empowered with our our, our you know, freedom to choose what it is that we would like to do and, and where we would like to go in life. Uh, and then uh, uh, the punchline of it all is really, uh, it, it, it all comes back down to uh, generosity. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, I don't know, that, that, that's, that's my favorite part of this entire program, Zach. Because again, as you and I have in this conversation, uh, obviously this is a lot about personal finance. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it really is about getting yourself out of debt. And so live like no one else so you can live and give like no one else. This yeah. is really about generosity at the end of the day. Yeah. What are some other um, connections between our wise use of the things that God has given us, namely money, um, and our discipleship? Like how have you seen um, how being wise with your money is connected to living life to the glory of God? Mm. That's a great question. Um, yeah, first thing that comes to my mind again is is just a sense of contentment. Um, I'm, I'm not anti stuff at all, mm-hmm. right? Like I've got some stuff, and I like stuff as much as anybody else. Uh, but but stuff's never going to make us happy, right? right. Stuff is just stuff, and um, you know if we if we are are so obsessed with stuff and just trying to think of the next thing that's going to make us happy uh, we're never we're never going to be happy uh, and so as it just relates to the sense of contentment in life um, and there's just tremendous peace in in uh, in having that sense of contentment and then when that sense of contentment is coupled uh, with this financial plan to say, Hey, look, we're going to have some savings in the bank. We're going to be saving for retirement. We're going to be saving for our kids' college, paying the, paying the house off early. Um, there's just so much peace, uh, there. And, and when we, uh, sort of free our minds of that stress that might otherwise be consuming us, um, I think, I think we're just able to ponder different questions and, and really, um, uh, be able to serve others in, in new ways because yeah. uh, maybe we're not so stressed out in our own lives. We can, right. again, we can, we can raise our eyes to the horizon a bit more and, and quit looking at just, Oh my God, how are we going to make it to the end of the month? We're going to say, look, how can we, how can we serve others here? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, t- I think of the parable of the sower in, in Mark chapter four and Jesus says that for some people, the soil that their faith in Jesus is planted in is not good soil. And he just says a couple things. And then he says, because of the deceitfulness of riches. Mm. And um, that's just a warning that, you know, and Jesus says really hard things about money, you know, all over the gospels as warnings. Um, And so I know that my heart can be a slave to greed. And I know that my heart can get carried away with like, man, the, like that sense of power that I get when I buy something. Mm -hmm. Um, that's man, that's very intoxicating. Yeah. And, but the, the, but the response to those warnings and all of those dangers, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, first Timothy six says that those that chase riches or chase money, like a God, plunge themselves into ruin and destruction. And I think that means eternal, you know, um, temporal and eternal probably, but, but man, just because there's all these warnings about money, does that mean that I should just be cavalier and, and, and stupid with money? 
Absolutely not. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the, the, the boundaries bring freedom, right? Yeah. And, and that's That's a great way to summarize that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a statement that you, you know, you tell, talk about in parenting, you know what I mean? Uh, there's, there's freedom in boundaries. And so when I impose a structure on myself, like a Dave Ramsey plan or Larry Burkett or whatever, um, it just helps me and reminds me that, man, I can't let the flesh run with this. I need to live by the spirit. Um, and God does say a lot of things about money. And so how can I use it to his glory and not be in, in intoxicated by the deceitfulness of it? Yeah. It's having a plan. You know, yeah. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about, Ross. And it's like, we've been entrusted with a physical body, right? God created us. He created our physical bodies. He loves it. He says it's really, really good. You know, first page of the Bible. And so we've been trusted with something, just like we've been entrusted with money, no matter how much or little we have. So, man, that means I'm supposed to do something with it. It doesn't mean that I can just neglect it. It doesn't mean that I can just um, abuse it. You know, I'm, I am a steward of this gift I've been given. And so there's a lot of really dangerous things I could do with my body or very foolish things I could do with my body. Or there's a lot of really beautiful things I could do with it. And, and so it's just like we've been entrusted with a body. So God wants us to use it for his glory. We've been trusted with resources, money. Man, I could take that and go crazy with it, or I could leverage it for the sake of His glory and my joy. So, yeah, Amen. No, I, I think I think that that's you know you you nail it there. Uh, it's it is about stewardship. Uh, money is a tool, and and it's just like a hammer, right? You could use a hammer and uh, build something that's really helpful. Maybe yep. a table, Zach. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, you're, that's right. You're a woodworking guy. I mean, you probably yeah, know a few it. things about a hammer, right? Yep. Uh, or you could take that hammer and you could you know, go kill somebody with it. I mean, it's, 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 but it's just a hammer. The hammer, uh, uh, has no, is not good or bad. It is just a tool that is in the hands of a person. Uh, and so I think money is the same way. And I I think, um, uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about money because I think God knows that it is so potentially dangerous. Uh, Mm -hmm. it is so potentially intoxicating. It is something that, uh, can, steer our hearts off track um uh very very easily i, mean, I think there's there's great temptation there um uh, so this is one thing that you talk about a lot zach over the over the the years that i've been coming to the vine is this concept of heart posture and i think that when it comes to money we really have to be aware of our heart posture as it relates to money um and uh, man, if we if we look at money as again something that can potentially uh, glorify God, yep. um, then 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 I think we're on the right track. Uh, if uh, if we're so obsessed with just more 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 more, well, why? Just because I don't know. Just because uh, I just want more all the time, and I never have that sense of contentment. And I never have that sense of generosity. If I'm just if I'm just obsessed with consumption, right? Um, that's, that's dangerous, and I think yeah. that's what the Bible gets at. Yeah, it's very spiritually dangerous. You know, you can't serve two masters is what Jesus said, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, so I, yeah, I just love having a structure. Like, there's never been, um, ever since we imposed a structure on ourselves and boundaries that bring freedom in regards to our 
money. Um, another thing that Dave talks about so much and other people, of course, too, that's not technically part of the baby steps, but is vital is uh, just having a budget. Yeah. And super, super simple, right? But like for the first five years of our marriage, we didn't have a budget. You know, we just kind of intuitively kind of knew like, well, we're not going to overspend. And, you know, if we really need to know where we are, you know, we would just check out the bank statement or whatever. And back in the day when you couldn't like go online and check it, you'd have to like go in and or have them mail you something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so yeah, old. Right. Back in the olden days, it's right? A, a pre-internet, <laughs> you know? And uh, we just kind of like felt it out intuitively, you know, and then lo and behold, we would overspend and get in trouble and we got a budget and it was like, man, (laughs) surprise, surprise, this actually feels better. And you felt like you got a race, I'm sure. Yeah. And it made our marriage better. Yeah. Because we didn't, we didn't uh, conflict about money anymore. Yeah. Because we agreed on what the budget was. And then we both agreed that we wanted to stick within that boundary. Again, boundaries bring freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, m- money fights, money problems is the number one co- uh, cause of divorce in North America. Uh, and so uh, the budget is the coming together of the family to say, how are we going to spend our money? Right. Um, uh, it's very similar to our, our story between Katie and I as well. I mean, you know, early on our, in our marriage, we were both working, we had income, uh, it would come in, it would go out, you know, it wasn't out of control. Uh, but, but again, going back to that, idea, how are we going to buy furniture someday? It was like, okay, yeah, we, we've been working, we're looking at each other, we got some hand-me-down furniture, which has been fine, but you know, someday we want to buy our own couch for crying out loud, but we're like every month we just, we get through it, but there's, there's never anything left over. Like what's, right. what is the plan here? What exactly. is going on here? Uh, and that idea of the budget is, uh, uh, very much, you know, part of the process as we're walking through these baby steps, uh, is to say, look, we're going to add a, a degree of intentionality, uh, with our money before the month begins, right? A, a budget is not what happened to your money. It's what's going to happen with your money That's right. ahead. Okay. Uh, and there's great freedom in the budget. Like that's, that's sort of the, the irony. Uh, people, people hear the word budget. And so often you just sort of clam up and you go, Oh, I, I don't want to have a budget because I'm not going to be able to do anything. It's like, no, no, no. The budget is again, freedom within boundaries, right? right. To say, look, here's the math. It's before the month begins. We're going to, we're going to lay out the income versus the outgo. And then there is great freedom to just enjoy Whatever it is that you're doing. So yeah, if you, you want to, if you, you do want to buy that boat, well, it just has yeah, to fit well, in the budget. There you go. Right. There, there's that or, or simple things like you want to go out and get a pizza exactly. or McDonald's or whatever exactly. it is. Uh, uh, you don't have to worry about, oh, geez, I, I bought that Big Mac. Am I going to be able to, you know, pay my insurance premium? Bill. Yeah, exactly. It? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it says, look, yes, you can because you budgeted it. You know that this 20 bucks that you're going to go spend on a pizza right now is not going to throw off your entire month plan. And so then all you have to do, Zach, is enjoy the pizza. You don't right. have to stress out about it exactly. anymore. So there's great freedom there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can share about that too. Just um, we lived without an emergency fund for many years and it took us a while to save up an emergency fund. Um, and I remember the chaos in our hearts that came when we had an unexpected emergency like a transmission that goes out on your car mm-hmm. and we didn't have any money. You know what I mean? We, there, there it just was, it wasn't that there was money there and we didn't want to spend it. No, it literally was not available. Uh, it didn't exist. And I've lived now with an emergency fund and the transmission goes out and you have to spend $2,000 or whatever. 
that's not fun right. to spend $2,000 on a transmission, but it's way more fun than when you haven't made provision for that in a type of savings. And like the amount of stress, I mean, it's, it's incalculable the difference between the stress of no emergency fund and an emergency fund. Yeah. And when you, when you've got buffer between you and life, like yeah. life is going to happen, right? <laughs> the most right. dramatic thing that's happened to us since we've been doing this, I got a surprise uh, tax bill from the IRS, like yep. based on some work I did in the side a number of years ago. And suddenly this tax bill shows up for a few thousand bucks. And I was like, Whoa, like, yeah, what's going on here? Time out, you know. Right. Uh, and when the IRS says that they want some money, like, you want to talk about <laughs> high stakes, like, I want to go ahead and just get this taken that's care right. of immediately, that's right. like, that's going to be hard to, to, to cash flow through any given month, right? Yep, yep. Uh, but man, when you got a buffer between you and life, uh, again, it's, it's never fun just to write those checks and just shell out a bunch of cash. Don't get me wrong, but to your point, it's a lot less stressful. You just do it, uh, and, and you don't have to put your whole life into a tailspin. Yeah, and I and I feel like this is another way just to live our lives to the glory of God is there's only so much um stress I can handle and and there's only so much tension your marriage can handle without it just being a crisis. And if you can just put a plan in place to manage money, then that means you can spend your time and your mental energy on other things for the sake of God's glory because you're not stressed out about money, you know, um and you have a plan. Man, I just, I, I think back to our 20s, and if we would have known then what we know now, like where I'm at right now at 44 would be totally different. And so I would just say, and I know I can speak for you too, Ross, like if you're if you're a young person at the Vine, there's a lot of people in their 20s at the Vine, it's like, man, get a plan in place because when 20 years from now, when you're my age, when you're Ross's age, um, you'll thank us for it. You yeah, know what I mean? You know? Zach, Zach, the way I describe that, uh, you know, I don't use we don't use credit cards anymore. Okay? Only debit cards. That's that's the only the only way that we run or cash uh, these days. Uh, and it used to be Zach that my credit card due dates would sneak up on me. Right mm-hmm. again, you're like, oh, oh, crap! What day is it today? Oh no, I got I got to get my credit card ba- uh, bill paid. Uh, and now my paydays sneak up on me at work. Yeah. Right. Where, where we still get paid by check. We don't have a direct deposit. Right. And so paycheck shows up on my desk and I'm like, Oh, is it payday today? Oh, it is payday today. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we got a million dollars sitting in the bank. Right? right. It's just to your point, we're not, we're not stressed out about this stuff. Our minds are freed to think about different things and ponder different questions instead of just being buried in stress and anxiety right. uh, about money and just right. the ripple effects. Like it, it, it is, it, it's so clean. I guess mm-hmm. is a way to describe it, right? Where you're not burying yourself in stress and anxiety and debt. You're, you're living on a budget. You're living on less than you make. Um, you've got buffer between you and life. And so, man, like what, just that, that weight that's lifted off of you at that moment. Um, if you buy something, you just own it, right? You don't have to buy it and then pay for it later. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's just, there's just so much less stress there. And then what can we do with that same energy that would otherwise be burned? Yep. Uh, that cannot be lost in this conversation. And that's not pie in the sky. That's, that's real. It is. It is. Adulting is real. Managing money is part of that, and you have to budget how much uh, stress you can handle. Yeah, you know, and of course, there's always stress that's going to come to your life um, in a variety of ways, and you can't control that. But 
if you can control what you can control, and oftentimes money is something you can control, uh, if you have a plan in place, uh, you're that much better for it. Now let's get into the real nitty gritty. Here's my question yeah. for you, Ross. Do it. Um, do you and Katie have a means by which you track your spending in real time? Sure. We've got, uh, we do make use of, of uh, Dave Ramsey's budgeting tool. It's called Every Dollar. Again, not a paid endorsement here, but just honest. Uh, yep. uh, it is a budgeting tool that is all uh, online. Uh, you can get it set up to automatically connect with your bank account if that's your style. Uh, but that's where we do our budget. And then that is where we will track our spending. Uh, so for example, you go out to dinner with your family to Culver's or whatever, and you're writing down exactly, you spent 50 bucks to, to feed five people. Um, you yeah, immediately it's all, it's write all, that down on your phone. Within the app. Yep. So oh, I, I, I do not. So, 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 okay. So we want to get, again, get geeky about this. Uh, Dave Ramsey talks about two kinds of people in a marriage. You've got the nerd and you've got the free spirit, right? right. The nerd is the one that's like, I'm going to do the budget. You know, I'm going to have all my Excel files or whatever it is. Like, and they just live and breathe that. And then you've got the free spirit. That's like, Hey, like, I don't know. I, you know, I decided that we should do this today and it sounded like fun. So let's get after it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Katie is the nerd in our relationship. I am the free spirit. Okay. I'm really about like kind of right down the middle between nerd and free spirit, but she's like heavy nerd. And so by definition, by comparison, I'm the free spirit. So in our she's tracking it. So, so yeah, so she's tracking it. She's the person that, that puts our budget together on a month on a monthly basis. Uh, but, uh, but then, yeah, so, so we'll do that. The other thing, Zach, that is, is super helpful and so simple and practical is using cash. Yeah. Like get, get an envelope and, and write groceries on your envelope right? and then set a budget for your groceries this month right? and pay that cash out of the bank, put it in the envelope. And when you open that envelope, if there's money in there, you still have grocery money. If you open that envelope right. and the money's gone, you're out of, you're out of uh, budget for your groceries this right. month, right? It's, it's right. like sort of the self accounting in that way too. Uh, a natural boundary. Super helpful. Yeah. That yeah. you can right. hold in your right. hand. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, we do things a little differently, but this has, I mean, it's such a silly, not silly. It's very, very cool. Um, But it's a a tiny little detail, but it has been everything for Kim and I in terms of, um, again, not fighting about money and uh, knowing what's going on with our money, Uh, making every dollar count, you know, having intention for every dollar is we use a program called YNAB, which is an acronym for you need a budget. Uh, YNAB again, not a paid endorsement, but, uh, love it. And so you create a budget and then it's just a cloud syncing program where your, your phones are always in sync. So we go to Culver's and we've got X amount of dollars for going out to eat uh, as a family. Not much because there's six emerging adults in my house. And so to go to Culver's is like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, like you should get like a fine steak and a glass of wine. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, we write down the $50 in the phone, immediately seeks to Kim's phone. And let's say we have $100 a month to go out to eat as a family. Uh, immediately that goes from 50 to zero. In the past, we would spend that $50 and just be like, well, I don't really know where that leaves us, you know. And then you'd have to save a receipt or look on the bank statement. And this is all in real time. We know what money we have. And honestly, we don't even have to record that because it's connected to our bank and then the app will tell us the next day 
here's this charge for 50 bucks from Culver's where, what budget category does this need to come out of? And so we do use credit cards. Now we used to do like hundred percent the Dave Ramsey thing, mm-hmm. but it dawned on me, uh, like I, I'm like totally late to the party on this one. Um, that like, if you do use credit cards, you can earn a lot of points. And I get mm-hmm. that. Um, a lot of people don't agree with that, but for Kim and I, we're not spending any differently, um, whether it's debit card or credit card, because we're tracking every dollar every time we spend it. Yeah. And uh, and so if I'm going to spend the same amount of money on a debit card as I would on a credit card, and it's all being tracked exactly the same way, I would prefer to have four or five plane tickets every year. You know what I mean? And uh, so that's how we view it. And it hasn't, you know, we've never, even to this day, you know, 20 almost 23 years of marriage, we, I don't think we've ever paid a credit card company interest. Um, so it's working for us. Uh, but that tracking in real time has been the biggest game changer for us. And we've been doing this for maybe three or four years now. Uh, it's helped us so much to have an, uh, an application on your phone. And there's lots of them out there right yeah. now between yeah. your wife and you or whoever, or even just if you're single, just for yourself. Um, to know what you have in real time is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, to, to your point, Zach, um, uh, the, the, the biggest part of this conversation is doing something like embracing the idea of intentionality yep. and, and owning it and saying, look, this is how we're going to do this. And some things are going to work for some people. Some things are not going to work for some people. And ultimately, uh, it doesn't affect me. Right. I mean, it's, it's people can make their own choices, even as we, as we uh, teach financial peace university. Um, this really, this isn't about my opinion about what you should do with your finances. Uh, here's some information. Here's some tools. Here's yep. what, what we really seek to do is empower people with knowledge and with tools so that they can go use those in, in their own lives as they Amen. see fit. Um, and, and again, but to, but to embrace that, that idea of intentionality and then, then I think it also really comes back to this idea of stewardship of, uh, of who really owns this, right? right. I mean, in, in my, in my faith, uh, God owns everything. Like I'm just the steward. Right. And so if that hits my heart, uh, man, I'm going to, I'm going to handle my finances, which is really God's finances, Amen. Uh, in in a, in a different way, right? Like like because it's not just about me. Because if it's just about me, Zach, like I don't know about you, but I am always. Uh, e- uh, it's easiest for me to to sort of like let myself slide, right? Yep. And so, um, uh, but if I'm doing it for somebody else, like Zach, if you handed me a hundred bucks, you're like, look, they need you to take care of this for you know the next six months, and for some reason, I, you handed me a hundred dollar bill, like. I would take care of that hundred dollar bill right. because it's not even mine, right? Amen. It's yours. Amen. Like, no, I, I need to take care of that. I need to steward that. That's well. a great example. And, and, but if I just, if I think that I'm the owner and that I can just do kind of whatever feels good to me at any given day with the plan, without the plan, whatever it is, uh, I'm just in my personal wiring, I'm going to be more, um, liable to just be perhaps irresponsible with that. But this yeah. idea of stewardship and say, look, this is all God's. And so how can I manage these resources well, uh, not only for, for my own well-being, but really for, for God's glory, Amen. right? And, and uh, I don't know, just there's, there's some, again, it goes back to this concept of, of heart posture. Yep. I, I love just this theme that keeps coming up of just intentionality. And I think about it like this, like if I needed to lose 100 pounds, 
that's just not going to happen mm. apart from some sort of intentionality. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with money. Uh, and, and man, if I needed to lose a hundred pounds, like that's overwhelming, but you start today and it's, it's a consistency over a long period of time. It's not intensity in a short period of time. You know, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's in some ways it's both, right? I mean, yeah. the, the, absolutely, the long game is what we must be all playing. Uh, but on the flip side, it, when it comes to say weight loss, like man, if you can get some quick wins, like if I got a hundred pounds to lose and I step yeah. on the scale and I see that, whoa, I, I lost ten pounds in you know whatever a month or whatever the timing yeah. would be, like wow, hey, like it gets you excited, right? Because yep. again, we're we're people, like we're not computers, we're not robots. Right? It isn't yeah. just about the math; it is about the behavior and the motivation and sort of the that sense of traction that that you can gain. So getting quick wins is important. Uh, but really those quick wins just get you going in the right direction. And then we are playing the long game. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Um, let's talk about generosity. Yeah. Like, why is that? I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been excited for that to come up. <laughs> like, absolutely. Let's do it. Why is that uh, so enjoyable? Yeah. Uh, uh, man, generosity is the best. Uh, I, I think that... Um, Again, there's there is three things that we can do with money. We can spend money, we can save money, and we can give money, right? And we should always be doing some of all three. Uh, and I think in our human ways, we so often think about spending money, and the and that's the most fun, right? Because I'm yeah. gonna get that pizza, or I'm gonna get that iPhone, or I'm gonna get whatever it is. Like, oh man, it's so much fun to buy stuff. And yeah, stuff can be fine, and it can be fun. We all have been experienced. I'm sure we could talk talk about in that regard. But really, Zach, the most fun that we can have with money is to be generous. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to just to be outrageously generous, like like in, in ways that would say, who does something like that? Who 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 is generous in that uh, sort of outrageous kinds of way? Um, uh, that is the most fun that we can have with money. Uh, uh, what was the original question? What, it was. Oh, it's it was, just like I'm just trying to. Tease why out, is generosity like, why, so yeah, fun? Why is yeah. it? Like, why do you think it's fun? Like, why do you get a kick out of it? Like, yeah. what's going on there? The, the, the final episode of, of uh, Financial Peace University, it's a, it's a, a video series sort of course. Uh, and in the final video, it is all about uh, generosity. And, and it's absolutely my favorite uh, class. It's the final class of, of FPU. Um, and... It's, it's called The Great Misunderstanding, right? That's the title of the course. Uh, and because, because again, we're, we're talking about personal finance. We're talking about you getting out of debt, you having an emergency fund, you saving for the future, the whole bit. Um, but why are we really doing all, any of this, right? Like, what is the point? And yes, there are certainly just practical at-home kinds of things, improved marriage, like really important good things that come out of, uh, for, for yourself that come out of this. Uh, but really at the end of the day, this is about stewardship and, and, uh, and then just outrageous generosity at the end of this, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, like, like I, I love good questions, right? And then part of, part of FBU, I think they've posed some really good questions. Uh, but if we could just dream for a minute, like, like, can you imagine, like, like this is dream that if, if all of God's people, we're completely out of debt and all of God's people had three to six months of emergency funds set aside and all of God's people, you know, again, we're saving for retirement, like just getting some good things on, on autopilot. And then they all 
paid off their mortgage. And we, and if we had no debt and if we had good buffer between ourselves and life, like Zach, what could we do mm-hmm. as God's kingdom mm-hmm. to just be outrageously generous? Mm-hmm. Right. I love the way Dave describes it. Uh, and it doesn't fit our, our, uh, sort of uh, mold in, in American culture very well today, which is part of the reason why I love it. Uh, he says, he says, look, he says, I dream of a day when every, you know God's people are out of debt and we are so outrageously generous that we just put the government right out of business. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course it's tongue in cheek. I mean, we need a government and it has right. certainly functions playing society the whole bit, but this, but this notion of look, what, what, what would happen if we, the people just started taking care of we, the people. Yeah. Right. And just like, how could we love others really, really well? But we can't do that if we're bogged down in yeah. debt. Like we can't be generous. We, we can't give what we don't have. Right. Right. And yeah. so uh, just this, this entire notion of, of uh, loving one another well, um, that, that, that's not always money, of course. I mean, there's, love comes in so many ways. But money can, again, to our earlier conversation, be a very helpful tool uh, to love others well. And, yeah. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing opportunity if we, if we dream. Yeah. We, we talk about at the vine, you know, um, the vine church exists to be a spirit filled family that seeks to make disciples and plant churches among neighbors and nations through declaration and demonstration. And this generosity piece, what you're describing is just the power of people that are filled with the spirit, um, demonstrating that they love Jesus and that has power that has evangelistic power that makes our witness compelling that that group of people becomes a city on a hill, you know? And the way that I think about generosity is just simply this, like thinking theologically, the reason why generosity is so satisfying for, for people is because you're swimming with the current of how God created you. You're not swimming against the current Uh, against the current is greed but we're made in the image of a generous God. See the cross and empty tomb, right? And so when you swim with that current, man, it feels good. Have you ever tried to like swim against the current? Man, that is, I mean, it's, it's dangerous and it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it just, you get so tired that you might drown and man, like greed is exhausting because you never arrive. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Cause there's always something more that right. we could have. Right? right. And again, I'm not, I'm not like completely all anti stuff. stuff, whatever. Yeah. We all have stuff. That's fine. But do we love stuff or, or do we just have it? Right. What's I mean, our do, affection? Do, yeah. Do we have our stuff or does it have us? Right. Well said. Well said. Uh, and, and just this, this notion of, uh, um, what's, what really brings joy, uh, to, to our lives. It is generosity and just being outrageously generous and, um, um, Again, it, and it, it all comes in steps, right? I mean, when we're when we are mired in debt, well, there's you know we we've got some responsibility. We we, we do need to take care of our household. I mean, yeah. that is biblical, right? Right. That's right. Uh, this this notion of taking care of our household first, uh, not because we just want all the money, we just want all the stuff, and just my household, me, 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 me. But look, let's take care of ourselves so that we can be even more generous with others, uh, you know, as a result of that, of that personal responsibility. Um, so it's just, a, it's something that um, I think in, in many ways we've forgotten about in American culture, just this notion of, of how can we love people? And um, we are so quick 
to think, oh, there's people in need. And so therefore we need to elect the right people to just go help these people in need instead of saying, look, what if we just help the people in need? Like yeah. you and me, Zach, like, what, hey, yeah, what could I do? Neighbors, like literally yeah. next door neighbors yeah, or exactly. neighbors across Madison <laughs> exactly. or Wisconsin or across exactly. the world. Yeah. Like, like what? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a patriotic guy, Zach. So we'll just, we'll say that. But one reason I love this, this notion of America is because we're a nation of doers. Yeah. Like, we see something that needs doing, and we just we just work to just go get it done, right? Mm-hmm. And so just this this concept of we don't have to wait for somebody else to show up to fix these problems. We can do it ourselves. Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's all about God. I mean, God is you know we really we need to just like get in that current and just run with God, of course. But just this entire notion of of uh, you know that that opportunity that we do have as private citizens and as a church body. Uh, to get together and 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 uh, we look at throughout American history and just these little these what well, like the little platoons I believe is you know the historical way this has been described uh, in every sect of of American society there's all these little different communities and we're all just supporting each other and loving yeah. each other yep. uh, and and doing life together that's a beautiful thing that uh, I would love to see really uh, flourish again in American culture well and my 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 sense Ross is that as we continued it seems apart from revival uh head towards a post-christian culture in the united states that looks like more like europe our words are always going to be important you know what i mean um you cannot uh make disciples apart from a verbal explanation of the gospel um so it's never you know um preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words like that's the dumbest statement ever and it's completely unbiblical um but what i would say is in increasingly post-christian culture i think people are going to see increasing chaos and um the opportunity for the church to shine a light and be a city on a hill is going to be something that's required for our witness to have credibility and generosity financially um, with our time, with how we lay down our lives for one another and for those that don't know Jesus is going to be increasingly necessary. Mm-hmm. And, and biblical generosity is, you know, Romans 12, 1, urge you brothers and sisters to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is a spiritual act of worship. And, and man, like biblically speaking, generosity is not just me. It's never going to be less than maybe being willing to hand a 20 to a guy that's, that's on the side of the road. And, you know, I don't want to go off on that tangent, but it's, it's never going to be less than that, but it's probably going to be a lot more than that in terms of, you know, if you want to know what Christian generosity is, well, look at Jesus and it was costly. Yeah. And I think that's the costly nature of generosity is what's really compelling because anybody can hand out a $20 bill. You don't have to be regenerate. You don't have to be filled with the spirit to hand out a $20 bill, but to lay down your life is something different, you know? And yeah. So that's that's my conviction for our church, my conviction for um, engaging an increasingly post-Christian culture. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's uh, um, one thing that I've always appreciated about the Vine. Uh, we've been running around here for, I don't know, probably a couple of years now, at least coming up on a few years, um, uh, is just this um, the sense of, of authenticity, which is maybe a, um, a bit of a cliche word, is at least becoming cliche, but... Um, uh, but this that 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 church is not something that we are to consume, mm-hmm. uh, right? I, I think that uh, um, it's not a hobby. You, it's not a hobby, <laughs> and, and Zach, you would certainly speak, you know, more knowledgeably of, of this uh, the, than I would, just given your your roles. But um, you know, how often do we think of church, and we've got our, you know, we punch our clock for an hour on Sunday, and we go, okay, great, you know, check the box, we got that done, and you know, carrying on with real life now. Um, One thing that I've always loved about the vine is just this sense of authenticity that I see there where it really is people doing life together. And it really is true sense of community and true sense of generosity uh, financially and otherwise, right? I mean, financial generosity is only one form of generosity, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But I think you're spot on. I think that um, life is really hard and we really do need community. Uh, and real communities that are really doing life together, I think are going to become ever more attractive, Yes. uh, as, as, you know, chaos ensues, uh, and people experience frustrations and, uh, you know, realize that the bureaucracy is not going to satisfy their, their needs. I mean, just practically speaking, it's just not going to happen. And so, man, when we get together and when we do life together, uh, and when we honestly love each other well uh, in, in ways that are sacrificial uh, and, and sort of God glorifying, um, like it, there, there's no like the, like the thing like when we do that right, it seems to me that there's no uh, there's no like despair there, right? Like when you're when you're doing that and yeah. when you are making those sacrifices, like there's there's joy. Yeah. there it's not necessarily and, and you still, easy you still, but it's no no joyful. of course not i mean and, and, and you still like you, you still understand the opportunity cost right like right. hey if you donate 500 bucks to some mission or something that is you know that's 500 dollars. you're not gonna go buy a playstation 5 or whatever the heck everybody's right. buying right now i don't right. what uh uh it's been a long time since i've done anything with PlayStation. Right. all that yeah. to be said um we do that but we go man there's there's real joy right. uh, in in doing that together Amen. Well, Ross, this has been a great conversation and uh, I'm going to let you get on with your day. And uh, I really, really appreciate your insight. And um, I'm just praying that the Lord would use what we discussed today. um, Yeah. To impact some lives and uh, whatever drop in the bucket this, this is, um, may it, continue to have ripple effects yeah so i'll bet i'm in zach well i appreciate you having me on and i just want to say anybody's listening uh katie and i are always available as a resource yes you know coach and and just walk with you if you've got big questions small questions anywhere in between certainly we'll be doing uh financial peace university courses from time to time at the vine yes uh but never hesitate to reach out to us we're always happy to to connect awesome all right thanks ross yep thank you zach